name. God is good. Love you, Cornerstone. Want to give thanks to the sound team, uh, Brother Tony and the team with him there. Uh, work with me. I can be a loud preacher. <laughs> but also, I, I can be soft. So just try to, to control. How good it is to be in the house of the Lord. Uh, I'm bringing a prayer this morning to us. It's a call to, to pray. Uh, Psalm 123. We, we are in crisis. Uh, Peter, you're right. We all in crisis. We are like construction site. A lot of things are, are happening. We are oppressed left, left and right. But this morning I want to bring a comfort that we are not alone. And this is what this text is about. It is true that we are in crisis, but we're not, we're not alone. Because we are a people of covenant. We are God's people. And if God be there for us, then it doesn't matter who is against us. As we just sung, where can we go? Jesus said, maybe you too want to go. Everybody's leaving. Do you want to go? And Peter said, where can we go? You have the word of life. And we have this word of life. We have eternal life. And we, if we have eternal life, then it doesn't matter what happens. Because we are in God's hands. So I want to look into this text. I want to look at the general and the structure. And you will find that it is a tightly structured poem that exhibits a staircase parallelism using repetition of keywords to tie the lines together and enhance the urgency of the request. You will also see that the climax of the first estrophe is used as a launching point for the second. Now I have a side note here. If you are interested, you happen to be interested in the Ivro uh, poetry and how it works, then I invite you to see Brother Dan Sullivan or Brother Daniel Maguire so that you can join our Sunday school, The Overcomers, so that you will know more about this. But I want to warn you, if you want to come to The Overcomers, then don't show up late because you will answer the first question. <laughs> the psalm is a song of ascent. And these are the psalms from 120 to 134, Talim, uh, they are called. And from it is driven the Arabic word, Taranim, for the song of praises. And I think it is clearly not Arabic, because I speak Arabic. In the Arabic language, we don't have plural, 
that is uh, uh, M in the end, like Tranim, Seraphim, Elohim. Though Arabic is Semitic, but it doesn't use that kind of, uh, of, uh, of a structure. So that's why I believe the word we use in Arabic, Tranim, uh, has a different origin. But don't quote me on that because I'm not a scholar. It's just my, my opinion. It's a due diligence. And after all, who am I? This song is either a feeling of exile towards the end of captivity or the emotions of the returnees who are scorned, like when we read in the book of, uh, of Nehemiah. The, activity were, the captivity was a hard, a hard time for the people of God because it challenged what they believe and what they, they stand for, that we are the people of God and he has brought us here and he gave us this, this kingdom. And in some of them, you feel them that it was hard for them to sing. Like when they say in the rivers of Babylon, we sat down and there we wept. They were weeping because they were being tormented, they were being uh, persecuted. And then they will say, the tormentors were asking us to sing these songs of the Lord. And then they asked the question, how shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? They find it hard to, to sing. They find it hard to continue to, to, to worship. So this may be some of, of the feelings that are also changing that now the, the singing in the Lord, starting from 120, and they said, in my distress, I cried out to the Lord. Then he go to 121 and he said, I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help come from the Lord, the maker or the creator of the heaven and earth. Then in 22 they said, I rejoice to be in the house of the Lord. And I pray that you are joyful today, that you are happy that we are here in the house of the Lord. Then it comes to our text today, where again he lifts up his eyes, but this time it's not just to the hills or above the hills, but this time to something that is more important. It is believed that the Levites sang these songs as they ascend the temple steps. Perhaps also the pilgrims, when they come to the feast, they sing these songs. And I think our Lord Jesus may have sung this song too. So please, if you can project for me the, the psalm again, 123, and then I will read it, and then we dig more. The structure for today is we want to get into the wall of the psalmist and then we'll bring the psalm into our wall. And when we bring the psalm into our wall, we're going to walk backwardly. And that's what you see on the, on the outline. That's the backward, walking, applying and praying this psalm for us. So it says, to you I lift up my eyes. O oh, you who are enthroned in the heavens, behold, as the eyes of the servants look to the hand of their master, 
as the eyes of a maid servant to the hand of our mistress. So our eyes look to the Lord, our God, till he has mercy on us. Getting into the wool of the psalmist, the first is tropic, is verses 1 and 2. The psalmist takes off his eyes, off of his situation. We are in crisis. A lot of things are happening. But if we want to get into the wool of the psalmist, then we need to lift up our eyes from our conditions, from what we're going through. Then he turned to the hope that he can look to, a one that is enthroned in heaven. He doesn't tell us yet. We can just guess. I asked my wife a book. I said, whom do you think he's talking about? And as a theologian, a trained seminarian, she said, of course, there's no question there. I said, but he didn't tell you, though. So he doesn't tell us yet. But we know that he's, he's in problem and he's longing for a higher power beyond his own ability to help him in his situation. And we can see that there's a king that is looking up to. Then he go to verse 2. And there he gave us some imagery. Servants looking at the hand of their masters. And they are waiting for their master. And then he said, we are like, we are like these servants. But our master is different. Because he says that our master is the Lord, our God. He is not the Lord only. He is the Lord, our God. So we have relationship. We can relate to this Lord because he is our God. The God of the covenant. Who is in covenant with his people, the one who will never forsake us, who will never abandon us. What are they looking for? Maybe they're looking for food. They're looking for the master to give them order to what to do. They're looking for security, for the master to provide security for them. There are so many things that the servant can look to the master for. And there are many things that we can look when we look at our master. And now he's going to show some expectations that we will be looking because we know that the master is going to show some mercy. So we're going to wait. We got to wait. We will pray today. We will also continue to pray tomorrow. Because we know that we can bring our petition 
to the master. We can come to the Lord in prayer with the anguish and the difficulties and the hardship. We know he's going to answer, that is short, but we don't know when. And that's why we don't, we don't stop. So he's going to use this to move to his urgent flee, a desperate request that is bringing to Adonai Alehino. That's what translated as Lord our God. The Jewish people don't just say the name Yahweh. Every time there is Yahweh, then they translate it or they pronounce it Adonai. And he's Adonai our God, Alehino. God, the Lord our, our God. And we can know that they are in anguish. The situation is not easy because they are repeating what they're asking for. It's not just only show us mercy, but they're asking for mercy. So as we wait for the Lord, it may be a passive wait because we don't know when, but also we are encouraged to continue fighting, to continue praying. So we don't pray and then quit praying. We continue to pray. Pray without ceasing. In season and out of season, our lives has to be a prayer life. Because in the crisis we are in, is only God that we can look into. So continue to pray, church. Continue to pray, Peter. Let's all continue to pray. Because he's there and he's listening. Now we want to walk quickly, bring this into, into our wall. And as we bring the psalm into our wall, I want to tell you a story about the evangelist Billy Graham. I think that some of you may have heard that story. So if you heard it, just pretend like you are hearing it for the first time. Show me some mercy. We are crying for mercy this morning. This is a cry for mercy. So it is said that in his early days, when he started preaching, Billy Graham went to a small town. That's the days when you have to write letters to inform the people about what's happening. So he thought of writing a letter back home to his wife and the family. So he walked to the post office to send the letter. He got lost on the way to the post office. Then he found another man and he asked the man for direction. Please, can you show me how to get to the post office? So the man was from the place. He knows his place good. So he kind of showed him the direction to the post office. Then Billy Graham said, thank you. By the way, come to this Baptist church at this address on this time, and I will show you the way to heaven. The man looked at him and said, you don't know the way to the post office. How can you know the way to heaven? <laughs> we do know the way to heaven. We may not know our way to all the other details, but we know that we are invited to come to the throne. That we can approach and come to the throne of God. Not by our good works, 
not by the sacrifices, but by the blood of the Lamb. So as we walk backward, we want to admit that yes, we are in crisis. We are in stress left and right. It may be content, it may be scorn, it may be sickness. It may be terminal diseases that we're dealing with. It may be our life breaking down in our own eyes. But with all this, we know that we are not alone. The master is there for us. We need to cry out for mercy as the blind man they almost missed it because the Lord was getting out of Jericho. They didn't hear when he was in town, but now he's leaving. And they heard about it. It doesn't matter when you come in. The Lord is still there for you. And they said, what's happening? What's all this? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of David. They said, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. They said, what are you doing? He's not for you. He's not for people like you. Just be silent. But we are told that they cried louder. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on us. And Jesus heard it and he said, bring them here. They were brought to him. He said, what is it that you want me to do for you? They said, we want to see. And right there, Jesus healed them. Let's cry out for mercy. It may be immediate like this one that we are told about. It may be that we have to wait and wait. But he will still show up. But also I want to remind you that when you are shown mercy, please show also mercy. We need to show mercy to one another. Even here in this church right now, we need to show mercy as we are making some difficult decisions that we are making as elders, decisions that have not been made in a long time. We need your mercy. Show us mercy. Work with us together. Jesus said, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on us as individuals, but also corporately as the church. The psalmist is crying for mercy. Jesus is our master. As they were looking at the hand of their master waiting for him, we also have to keep our eyes on Jesus. I lift up my eyes to you who are enthroned in heavens. The one enthroned in heaven has become flesh and dwell among us. He is our Lord, he is our Savior, and he's happy to call us brothers and friends. But let's not miss the mark though, that we lose reverence knowing that he's still king, he's still in charge. Let's continue to look on him, because not by the sacrifices, but by his own blood, he entered the holies of holies and invited us to come, to come in once and for all. So let's continue to cry for mercy.
and let's continue to cry out to Jesus because he is a faithful witness as we heard this testimony from our brother it is a genuine testimony that's what he went through Jesus is a faithful witness firstborn of the dead ruler of kings of the earth and he the one who loved us and freed us from our sins by his blood he made us into a kingdom of priest to the god our lord and our father to him be the dominion forever and ever so today as we look at what we're going through what is happening in your life what's happening in my life what's happening to all of us corporately what's happening in the world the too much violence in ukraine in sudan in south sudan this world is broken but we are comforted that we have the lord our god who is here for us waiting for us just to cry to cry out to him so as you walk out from here today i want you to take your eyes off of your situation as difficult as it is you may say but quote you don't know my situation you don't know what i'm going through yes i don't know but the one who knows everything knows what you're going through lift up your eyes take them from this situation and gaze upon the beauty of the lord to you i lift up my eyes all you who are enthroned in heavens behold as the eyes of the servants look to the hand of their master as the eyes of the maid servant to the hand of our mistress our eyes look to you the lord our god till you have mercy on us let's pray together heavenly father we lift our eyes off our conditions and we lift them up to you lord jesus our master the author and the finisher of our faith lord jesus son of david have mercy on us we pray all this in jesus mighty name and god's people said amen, amen.